Welcome, everybody. All right. Hello. So, Hey YA is sponsored by TBR, Bookwright subscription service offering reading recommendations personalized to your reading life. Want great new YA books to read but are overwhelmed by all the publishing buzz? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking for. And sit back about while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email. So there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat your shelf and support an indie too. And TBR is also available as a gift. Visit mytbr.co to sign up. That's mytbr.co. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from new stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith, and we are recording on Monday, September 14th, 2020, live via Zoom with Yahoo Fest. And as I said, we are live via Zoom, so Eric and I are actually like looking at each other. As we I know. This. It's so weird. It's so weird. We're looking at each other. We're looking at different people who are like signed in to chat with us. Yeah, this is wild. It is. It's doing a podcast via Zoom. Like, who would have thought? Yeah, and I'm really excited. Like, this festival is looking to be an absolute blast. Like, I'm looking over the schedule, and I'm on a panel with Anna Birch, whose novel, Mm -hmm. I Kissed Alice, I've been nerding out a lot about on here. Here it is, for those of you who are watching. Uh, as well as Randy Rebuy, who I've definitely rambled about here on Plenty. Uh, and it's shaping up to be a really fun and lovely week. And you have got to be spent, Kelly. Uh, you're, what, you're at like the tail end of all your book promo and your virtual touring. Like, what were some of your highlights like at the last Oof. couple weeks, days? Yeah. Yeah, it's been, I mean, the book has been out for almost a month now. And I feel like it's been multiple events every week, which has been great. But mm-hmm. um, I think my favorite thing has been doing panels with so many of my contributors in a way that would never happen in real life because you're so limited by who is geographically near a place you're going to be. Whereas when it's virtual, anybody who wants to take part can. So I've been able to do like really cool panels with different people each and every time, which has been awesome. And I am on a virtual panel for the festival this week, too, on Thursday at noon on writing tough topics. So it should be be good. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be intense. There's so so many good panels. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's been like a pretty hectic week over here in like my, oh, in everything. Like right now, let's see, we have this festival going on. We have this live recording. We uh. I have two authors in like my agent life who are debuting this week. I have these two lovely books are coming out like tomorrow, two books in one day. It's actually supposed to be three books, but uh, an author had their pub date pushed back. So yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's busy times, um, mm-hmm. but good times, but good times. Yeah. I have been, um, you know, despite like how busy I've been, I've been reading up a storm. I Ooh. spent like, the long weekend. So two weeks ago doing nothing but reading and it was kind of perfect. And right now I am, I just started Nobody Knows But You by Anika Morose-Risi, which I'm super stoked about. It's a mystery set at a summer camp with murder. It's written in letters and newspaper clippings and other ephemera. And 
it's short too. I want to say like 250 pages maybe. And her last YA book, which was her debut YA book, Always Forever Maybe, really focused on friendship. And that's what this one does too. So I'm excited to read that. And I, I'm not a huge thriller reader, but this is like super, super up my alley. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I love all the YA friendship books we're getting this year. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's hit our first sponsor and then dive in. So okay. our first sponsor is My Riot by Rick Spears and Emmett Helen, who is the illustrator. It is 1991 and Val, a teenager from a conservative family aspiring to be a ballerina, has begun feeling pressure to conform to a specific idea of beauty. When Val meets Kat, a smart, witty girl, and is introduced to punk rock, they join together with a friend named Rudy to form an all-girl punk band ironically named The Proper Ladies. Soon, Val and her friends find themselves caught up in a movement with other girls also starting bands and also finding their voice. Collectively, these riot girls discover that their songs ring out loud and powerful, and for Val, there's no going back. That is My Riot by Rick Spears, who's the author, and Emmett Helen, who's the illustrator. And the really nice thing about this virtual event where, like, we're looking at each other is there were scare quotes, and I can actually do them, and they meant something (laughs) for those who are watching, whereas those who are listening are probably like, oh, I didn't even notice. (laughs) That sounds sounds like a lot of fun. It does. And, like, I see myself nodding along to everything you're saying. I'm like, oh, yeah. The proper ladies, yes. Riot yes. girls, yes. Awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's a it's a graphic novel too, so should be super fun. Awesome, awesome. So let's yeah, let's dive into our first topic here. Yeah. So when we were brainstorming about what would be great to talk about for this particular event, we were told that. A lot of the folks who might be tuning in or listening may not be super familiar with YA and might like a starter guide to like what Mm. books they should read and where they should begin. And it, I think it hit with both you and me that like, it would be great to offer those, like, where do I start reading YA if I want to read YA? Or if I do read YA, like, where should I direct other people to begin? So we're running with it. We'll call this, you know, great YA for those who haven't read it before who want to expand their their YA reading horizons. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea of like dishing like a young adult starter pack, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like tough for me to think about this kind of list because I'm always inclined to talk about like the underdogs people might've forgotten about or just sort of off the radar. Um, But you know, when you're trying to welcome someone on in, you also want to dish all like the big heavy hitters that they're going to be like, oh yeah, no, I recognize the name of that author. Oh, maybe I've seen that author's book made into a movie, maybe, you know? So, like, just to get it out, like, pick up the works of Becky Albertalli, Angie Thomas, Courtney Summers, Nick Stone, just, like, just grab all of them. Uh, and then now we're, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of others as well. <laughs> yeah, there are certain authors that it's, like, clearly, just pick them all up. But uh, yeah, yeah, we, wanted to, we wanted to offer, like, you know, heavy hitter. Yeah, good mix. Good mix. Do you want to um, go first? Well, actually, before you talk, I'd love to hear how you decided. It was hard. You know, I was looking at my mini library that I have and the books that I'm I'm still able to have uh, up in my house. Um, before we started, I was talking about how most of my library these days is in the basement in big Rubbermaid bins because of my, my adorable toddler who keeps trying to eat all of my books. Uh, so it was a mix of like the stuff that I keep out to talk about with friends when they come over and a mix of the books that just like bubble to the surface right away when people ask me like, oh, what should I be reading? Um, so it's like a mix of like 
books that make me cry a lot <laughs> and, and books that just make me like laugh and clap my hands when, when I talk about them. Yeah, it's kind of like talking about my favorite movies, the ones that sort of leave that lasting impact that I carry around all the time. What about you? How, do you, how did you pick yours? I thought a bit about classics, like hmm. what what kind of books would be considered YA classics and then some big award ones, but not necessarily because they're high literary importance, which is great, but more yeah. like here's a book that did really cool things and won some real good attention for it, which will be clear when I describe what those books are. And then <laughs> I talked about, I wanted to pull out books that do different things with format because mm-hmm. I think that that's a YA, like just a thing in YA. There's so much experimentation with format and with style. And I wanted to kind of showcase like just how cool this category is when it comes to like what sort of creativity there is in in presenting a story yeah absolutely like in my little my little when I rattled off those big name authors but like you know like Nick Stone's Dear Martin is a great example of that format experimentation I I love that so yeah I guess I'll jump into my first pick here and that's uh More Happy Than Not by Adam Silvera uh there is a a live Twitter thread somewhere on that on that social media website of me like sobbing while reading the book thanks to my lovely wife uh she took pictures of me while i was reading the arc years and years and years ago and i'm just <laughs> crying uh uncontrollably um so it's just wonderful young adult contemporary with a splash of speculative which is uh something adam silvera does in in a number of his, his earlier books that makes it read a little bit like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind set in the Bronx. Uh, and we meet Aaron, uh, a gay teen boy who wants to forget that he's gay. Uh, and thanks to this technology that's available in this like not so distant future, uh, he can. Uh, and it's this beautifully complex novel about friendship, family, sexuality, acceptance. And just thinking about it like tugs at my heartstrings. And uh, I feel like Adam writes all of his books purposely to do that like he gets he gets stronger with all of your tears uh he's very very powerful these days and that's uh more happy than not by adam silvera that's his first book so my first pick feels like a given and that's speak by laurie hall sanderson mm. but i'm mentioning it because laurie is such a YA powerhouse and because this book is a classic and i think a real masterpiece in what ya voice is so readers who are wondering like what is what makes a book with a teen character YA versus adult this is a great example of like knowing it when you see it when you hear it like what that voice is and this is a story about a girl who's been sexually assaulted and loses her ability to speak until one day she does so this is obviously a heavy read but Melinda the main character is also kind of funny at times and so that really helps temper the story itself and I'd recommend it to new readers to start with the novel and then also go grab the graphic novel which was illustrated by Emily Carroll and see how smart they were and how they took this novel which has been around for I think 21, 22 years now and they managed to then bring it into something that is both classic and super fresh in a graphic format. Love it. I love that they were able to do that and keep it so true to what it originally was. I know a lot of schools teach this one in middle school and high school. So go with a classic to start. And that is Speak by Laurie Hall Sanderson. You know, I think it was you that told me this. Maybe. But but isn't isn't the isn't the um the one Macmillan imprint that's called Speak named after this book? Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that, that's, uh, that's still such a mind blowing thing to me to have like your book have such a lasting, huge impact that they didn't even imprint after it. Like yeah. it's astonishing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh yes. I love, I love fun inside baseball publishing stuff. <laughs> All right. So let's see. It's my next one. Okay. So my next one is uh, the rest of us just live here by Patrick Ness. Every once in a while, someone asks me the question, like, what is the book you wish you had written, you know? And I feel like the popular response to this with a lot of my friends is to, like, name some bestseller that's made millions and has been made into movies and everything. But, like, this is the book I always bring up because it's just so powerful and, like, so wildly nerdy. Uh, It's set in this universe that's, uh, it's a a bit like Buffy uh, mashed together with the X-Men, this kind of world that they're in where superheroes and like chosen one figures, you know, roam the hallways of the schools in the town. But in this book, it's about the rest of us, right? The the teens that don't have superpowers or uh, in the case of some of the main characters, friends, the teens who are like related to superheroes and, and like barely have superpowers and are trying to have superpowers. Um, what's it like to just be regular, to just be normal, to be basically ordinary in a world that's completely extraordinary. It's just this really great novel that digs into some fun sci-fi things and geekery uh, while also talking about friendship and mental health. And what is it like to be that kid at a school that keeps basically exploding every week because of the superheroes who are battling uh, all over the place. And it's just a, such a great book about friendship and, and just general geekery. And in terms of that, that format thing that you were talking about earlier, Kelly, about how YA likes to play with that stuff, uh, it does this really great thing where at the beginning of every chapter about these very ordinary kids, there's these like tiny little paragraphs that give you a glimpse of what's going on in the superhero world around <laughs> them at the time. So you just get like a little shot of like, these different teens who are battling these supernatural forces all around them. And then there's the kid just like sitting in his car feeling bad about himself. <laughs> and I just, I just love it. It's so great. Um, and that's the rest of us just live here by Patrick Nez. My next pick is another one that has a graphic novel adaptation, um, mm-hmm. which comes out next month, I believe. I haven't read it, but I've seen some of the concept art for it and I suspect it'll be fantastic. And that is Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. It's a story told in 60 seconds, which is a brilliant concept in and of itself. But the the story itself is just outstanding. It's about a boy who is going to get revenge on the kid who murdered his brother. And he's going to do that by killing this, this kid. And so he goes up to his room, he gets a gun, and then he's heading down from his apartment to go outside and do this. And to do that, he has to go down an elevator. And so he meets people on the ride down through the elevator who really forced him to consider his choices and whether or not perpetuating this violence is the right answer. It's a raw book, it's real, and it's multi-award winning for a reason. But even more than that, Reynolds is such a gem in YA. And I feel like this particular title sparks so many great conversations. It's compelling. It's fast paced. Like this is when you'll sit down and read cover to cover in about an hour. And then you'll be like, okay, I need to read that again. And I've heard some really interesting theories about what people think happened. And I just, I love that it could spark so much conversation. And it's a story told in literally 60 seconds. And this one is in verse. So super excited to see how it turns out in graphic novel. Yeah. 
And that is Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. It's so wild that that book takes place in like a minute because like I remember when this book came out, This Is Where It Ends by Mariki Nitschkamp. And like, I remember like reading the jacket copy and it's like told from four different perspectives over the span of 54 harrowing minutes. And I remember being like, this book takes place in less than an hour. Can you do that? Yeah. Uh, and you apparently you can also do a book that takes place in a minute. It's it's a uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What else? Who else do I want to talk about? Uh oh, okay. Another one of my starter pack books would be uh Everything Everything by Nicole Yoon. Um I know I mentioned this one on the last episode since I'm I'm actually teaching it right now. Um, but I love this book so much. You can inhale it in a single sitting, thanks to the lovely unconventional structure. Uh that's something we also just talked about again. Uh, because the book, some pieces of the book are told in email, social media updates, uh, and just these really charming illustrations that are blended in with the prose. In it, we meet Maddie, a sick girl stuck in an airtight home protected from the air outside that could potentially kill her uh and what happens when a boy moves next door promising the potential of a life outside uh and what she's willing to risk in order to uh to have it in order to have everything what's really interesting reading this book if you if you you know you're just starting to get into it is like it's also the debut of the author's husband kind of you know because like david yoon did the illustrations for this and now david yoon is also a giant new york times best-selling author uh so yeah check it out it's lovely you could read it really fast uh and then you can watch the wonderful movie which i uh i really really enjoyed and that's uh everything everything my next pick is gabby a girl in pieces by isabel quintero and i do have a copy of this one in hand just got such a cool cover. And so this is one of those YA books that I think about all the time. It is written as a diary of a single year, so senior year of high school. And it focuses on what Gabby, the main character, goes through on a near daily basis when it comes to family, friends, boys, her future, and more. And Gabby's voice is super fresh and funny, even amid the extremely tough things that are going on in her life. So her father is addicted to drugs, her best friend is pregnant, and her best guy friend just came out to her, and that causes his life to really spin out of control because he was kicked out of his home. And yet in the midst of all this chaos, Gabby is interested in finding the right boyfriend, and she loves this really newfound excitement in kissing boys. So there's a lot of up and ups and downs in relationships. There are moments that are super awkward and amusing, and it's rendered in a way that is just perfectly 17, 18 year old teen girl. And uh, Gabby is Mexican American and her heritage plays a huge role in the story as well. And when this book was released, that was not super common in YA. And clearly it's still not as common as it should be, but it's amazing to think just in the few years since this came out, how much better representation has gotten. We're seeing way more of it. And something about this book that I love, it's told, like I said, in diary format, but Gabby is a poet. So there are poems in here. She's got like a, um, she made a zine, zine magazine, zine, I guess is how you say it. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and uh, so that's in here. Like you can see the, the excerpts of that. And it's just, it's so clever and fresh. And like I said, this is one of those like voice stories that just like, this is what a YA novel is. And that is Gabby, A Girl in Pieces by Isabel Quintero. 
Right. My next one is The Serpent King by Jeff Zentner. This is another eternal favorite uh, that I've probably talked about too much on the podcast, but belongs in this starter pack. Uh, It's told in a shifting POV from three wildly different yet inseparable friends. Zentner's debut introduces us to a boy named Dill, uh, a teen whose father had an in what's the word here an extreme fall from grace as a preacher due to serpents at his congregation and i mean take a wild guess what happened uh as him and his two close friends navigate the complexities of these these kind of final days that they have together as they're moving toward adulthood they're moving towards the end of this summer their friendships get challenged and tested in ways that well i don't want to give any spoilers but they really can't imagine all the stuff that's about to happen to them i love this book and if you really want a like a masterful look at someone who knows how to write a sense of place. Uh, I feel like Jeff Sentner's books are so good at that, especially this one. This one in particular, I love his other books like Goodbye Days and um, what's the other one over here? Uh, the the Midnight Matinee book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Midnight Matinee book. Um, I love this book so much. But yeah, he's really great at writing that sense of place. Like you feel like you're in the South when you're reading his books and people in the chat are talking about how much this book killed them. Uh, I have not... <laughs> I have not yet forgiven Jeff, says Dina Graves. I haven't either. I haven't either. (laughs) And that's The Serpent King by Jeff Zetner. (laughs) My next pick is a really recent book. It's Tigers Not Daughters by Samantha Mabry. And I picked this one because it's a great example of magical realism. And not only will you get a real sense of what that genre feels like, but this is a really brilliant twist on a classic. I like to think of it as... Little Women meets King Lear, except in this take, King Lear is not the one in power. It's the the girls who have the power in the story. It's a story of three beautiful sisters who are dealing with the loss of their oldest sister, Anna, in very different ways. So Jessica is trying to become like Anna. Iridian is reading her sister's books and attempting to write those sorts of stories. And Rosa is trying to connect with the beating hearts of the living world of creatures around her. So she gets really into um, the natural world around her. And the thing is, Anna is not really gone. It's her ghost, which keeps the girls connected and fighting the power that is trying to keep them down. If you know anything about King Lear, it'll make a little sense. If you don't know anything about <laughs> King Lear, that's okay. You don't need that's to. Okay. Yeah, you don't need to. Um, it's awesome. It's brilliant. It's magical. And just such a great representation of magical realism in, in YA, which there's a bit of it. And I think we're getting more and more. And it's just so cool to, to see that, that grow. And that is Tigers Not Daughters by Samantha Mabry. Yeah, Samantha Mabry is amazing. I love All the Wind of the World. And what was her first book? The Poison Book? Um, mm, a Fierce and Subtle Poison. Fierce and Subtle Poison, uh, which feels like it's a retelling of Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really great at those retelling books. And hold on, I'm going to tell one of our friends here uh, in the chat room that it was Tigers, Tigers Not, not Daughters. daughters. Yes. Yeah. I feel like, nope, I don't have it on my tiny shelf. I have all the wind of the world there. Yeah, and I was like, I have fierce and subtle poison over there. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, all the wind of the world has like this breathtaking cover. I love mm-hmm. it. And it was like a, a National Book Award uh, long list. Yeah. Let's see. Um, who is my next one? All right. So my next one is Want by Cindy Pine. So I dropped a bunch of contemporary reads uh, and some with a little light sci-fi and fantasy. Let's, let's dive right into sci-fi and dystopia uh, just for a minute. I mean, this is a YA starter list. So like 
leaving dystopia out is a big mistake. Um, you could pick up the Hunger Games and watch the excellent movies, but you should also read Cindy Pond's astounding, astonishing duology. Uh, it's set in a future Taipei where pollution has just destroyed the air. Uh, the wealthy live in these exosuits and just live the most just outrageous, lavish lifestyles you can possibly imagine. Uh, there's also a um, some this like unknown, strange disease, plague sort of thing happening uh, that they're trying to figure out. Uh, and one team and his ragtag team plans to take on the corporation who's making these suits uh, and poisoning the world. Want is absolutely amazing. I love it so much. Uh, and it is a duology. And the second book is out and about right now. And I forget the name of the second book. It's not Need. Like you would think that would be the name. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, uh, I can't think of it either. Someone in the chat going to save us? They're not. So pick up Want <laughs> by Sydney Pod. Uh, it's wonderful. And uh, yeah, awesome YA sci-fi dystopia book. My next pick is We Are the Ants by Sean David Hutchinson. Ooh, I have that one. Yeah, it's a work of science fiction that is weird and yet not weird at all. And it follows a boy named Henry who is just periodically abducted by aliens. Like no big deal. <laughs> But this time he is given the opportunity to make a choice. And that choice is that in 144 days, the world is going to end. And if he presses the button, he can choose to stop the world ending. But Henry isn't sure he wants to. And it's this very thoughtful and fabulous look at grief and loss, as well as the meaning and purpose of building a life that means something to you. It's about love and friendship and family. And it's also about mental illness. And when you know you need to get help because you're ill, because it's an illness and not a flaw in your personality. And there's just so much packed into this book. I want to say it's almost 500 pages long. And I remember it's finishing, big. I remember finishing and thinking I could read 500 pages more of this, which it doesn't happen very often. It's just a, it's an alien story that as you may know, alien stories are never about aliens. And, and that's the case with this one. And that is We Are the Ants by Sean David Hutchinson. Yes, and we have people in the chat saying that Cindy Pond's second book in that duology is called Ruse. Ruse. Yes. yes. Thank you, Mel from Georgia and, and Stanley Weiss. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my next and, and last book in my starter pack roundup would be uh, Hero by Perry Moore. This is my favorite YA novel of all time. So it would be I don't know. I feel like I'd be lying to myself to not include it in like a starter pack here. Um, It's about a teen who lives in a world that's a lot like the one you might see in like DC comics. Uh, And his dad is a bit like a Batman figure, except his dad's old. He's retired. He's forgotten. He doesn't have money to solve his problems because that would bat. That's what Batman has. Batman is actually a very bad superhero. Like, I'm sorry. He can, he can solve all his problems with money. Like who cares, who cares about that? Anyway, that's my, my hot DC comics. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the problem though, with, uh, with his dad and, and the situation that he's in is that our, our hero here uh, discovers he has superpowers and he's wrestling with how he's going to tell his dad he has these powers in a world where his dad hates people with superpowers and he's gay. So he's trying to come out basically twice come out and while coming into his own as a superhero uh, when he ends up getting recruited by a bunch of supers. Um, brilliant and beautiful. And like, honestly, it's one of the books that made me really want to end up working on YA novels. Um, it's amazing. And that's Hero by Perry Moore. And I'm going to do three rapid fire ones. Yes. 
Very different genres, each one. And the first one is 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind the Mall by Laura Ruby, which is this brilliant work of historical fantasy and follows two teen girls in Chicago. It's a ghost story wrapped in the story of an orphan during World War II Chicago and about all of the doors, that's in quotes, hiding, quote unquote, wolves girls have to face in the world. So the challenges that girls have growing up, but it's also this story of love and passion and human connection. And it is so different and literary and gorgeous. And even though it's not what one might expect is like a great starter to YA, it's such a smart book that it's impossible not to include it for no better reason than like it shows just how wide ranging YA is. Absolutely. That is uh, 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind the Mall by Laura Ruby. The next one I'm going to rapid fire is Little in Lion by Brandy Colbert, which all of her books should belong oh, on yeah. a starter kit. But I'm going to pick this one first. And it's this incredible story about mental illness and the tolls that it can take on a family. And, and this is even with a family that's close and really open with one another. So Lionel struggles with bipolar disorder and she creates a really lovable and flawed character in his sister, Suzette, who goes by Little. And Little is bisexual, she's Jewish, she's black, and she's struggling with how much of herself to show at her boarding school in Massachusetts. But right now she is in California where she lives and being here has really showed her the importance of being true to herself in every capacity and and owning who she is rather than hiding from it. And that plays into understanding Line and his personal struggles with his mental health. And that is Little in Line by Brandy Colbert. And then my last rapid fire is Ash by Melinda Lowe. And it's a queer Cinderella retelling. And honestly, like that's all you need to know. <laughs> um, but a little more context. This is a, a backlist title and I think one of the first to be openly queer in retelling a YA story. So I wanted to include it because it's like, you can see where we started um, and you can just see how much representation is, has grown in the last, let me say this book came out 10 years ago now. So, yeah, yeah. you know, in a decade, there's been a lot of change and books like this really sort of got that all started. And bonus, it's a powerful read for the story and the story behind the story. And that is Ash by Melinda Lowe. Absolutely. And it's funny, you know, you brought up Brandy's books and I looked up at my bookshelf and like a quick extra rapid fire wreck from me would be Lamar Giles' Spin. Mm -hmm. He has this massive catalog of amazing thrillers and really wonderful mystery novels, but uh, Spin is probably my favorite one of his. It's really exciting, really wonderful. Wait, where'd the other one go I want to bring up? Oh no, there's another one. Oh, <laughs> and, a, and another author who has a big catalog uh, is Kelly, uh, Kelly Lloyd Gilbert. There we go. Yes. There it is. Uh, with Picture Us in Light. I love this book too. So, uh, oh boy, there's so many I want to put in a, in a starter pack, but we, we have to continue. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's our starter pack. Why don't I, why don't I jump into uh, our second sponsor here? Go for it. All right. So our second sponsor is Dead Dudes by Christopher <laughs> Sabella. <laughs> Christopher Sabella, the author, and Ben Sears, the illustrator. With their ghost hunting show, Ghost Bros is suffering <laughs> from falling ratings. Hosts Trev, Kent, and Brian gamble it all on the Chernobyl of haunted locations, Edgeway Penitentiary, where the Ghost Bros find conclusive proof of the afterlife after they die and come back as ghosts themselves. <laughs> Trapped there with the angry ghosts who killed them. Now that they're deceased, the ghost bros have to be the best dead dudes they can be, <laughs> prove to the world that ghosts exist, and save the lives of one of the most hated rivals, and oh yeah, 
save the living from a ghostly Armageddon, but whatever. And that is Dead Dudes <laughs> by Christopher Sabella and Ben Sears. <laughs> this sounds delightful. It I... does. <laughs> it's another graphic novel. These are both from the same publisher. This one and the first sponsor. And like mm. reading them both, I'm like, oh, I think I know what I'm going to be picking up. Yeah. They sound. Oh, the ghost awesome. bros. <laughs> That's such a good time. And now the Dead Dudes. Oh. Ghost bros turned Dead Dudes. Oh, man. That is such a good title. One of my colleagues at my agency has a book called um, Lumberjackula, and it's about oh. like, a lumberjack vampire. And like, I just, I just love books that tell you what they're about, like right there in the yes. title. <laughs> yes. Oh man. So weirdly, that is a nice like segue into our next topic, yes. which is a uh, fall YA that we can't wait to read. And we thought this would be a great topic for the show to kind of highlight some books that are out or will be coming out shortly that should be on your radar. And I'll, Absolutely. I'll kick it off if you're cool with that. Yeah, go for it. Um, so this one came out two weeks ago and I'm picking it up from the library tomorrow because I've been like waiting patiently for it and it's ready for me. And that is Punching the Air by Ibi Zaboy and Yusuf Salam. Like I said, out now. It follows Amal, who has always been an artist and a poet, but even in a diverse art school, he's seen as disruptive and unmotivated by a biased system. Then one fateful night, an altercation in a gentrifying neighborhood escalates into tragedy. Boys just being boys turns out to be true only when those boys are white. Suddenly, at just 16 years old, Amal's bright future is upended. He's convicted of a crime he didn't commit, and he's sent to prison. Despair and rage almost sink him until he turns to the refuge of his words and his art. This never should have been his story, but can he change it? With spellbinding lyricism, award-winning author Ibi Zaboy and prison reform activist Yusuf Salam tell a moving and deeply profound story about how one boy is able to maintain his humanity and fight for the truth in a system designed to strip him of both. This book is written in verse, and I'm super excited about it. I've read a couple excerpts, and it just looks incredible. And that is Punching the Air by Ibi Zaboy and Yusuf Salam. Awesome. And yeah, I feel like this is like a huge list of like books we desperately want to read, but I don't have arcs for any of them. Yeah. 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 It's like because COVID. Because <laughs> COVID. Yeah. There's no, there's no arcs right now. So let's see. So my first one is uh, Among the Beasts and Briars by Ashley Poston. I love everything that Ashley has ever written from like her very first books with Bloomsbury Spark. These, these digital books called, um, first one's called The Sound of Us to her, her epic space opera, Heart of Iron, which is one of those, you know, keep in reach books for me at all times. I love it. I'll read anything she writes, you know, write, write a paragraph on a cocktail napkin. Here's $17.99 for the hardcover. Uh, like that's it. That's, that's, that's anything, anything Ashley is working on. Um, so here's a bit about the book, which comes out in October. Ceres is safe in the kingdom of Aloria. Here, there are no droughts, disease, or famine. Peace is everlasting. It has been this way for hundreds of years, since the first king made a bargain with the lady who ruled the forest that borders the kingdom. But as it prospered, the woods grew dark, cursed and forbidden. Ceres knows this all too well. When she was young, she barely escaped, as the woods killed her friends and her mother. Now, she carries a small bit of the curse, the magic in her blood, a reminder of the day she lost everything. The most danger she faces now, as a gardener's daughter, is the annoying fox who stalks the royal gardens and won't leave her alone. As a new queen is crowned, however, things long hidden in the woods descend on the kingdom itself, and she is forced on the run. Her only companion? The small fox from the garden! A strange and powerful bear, and the magic in her veins. 
It's up to her to find the legendary Lady of the Wilds and beg for a way to save her home. But the road is darker and more dangerous than she knows. And as secrets from the past are uncovered amid the teeth and roots of the forest, it's going to take everything she has just to survive. Oh, my God. I can't wait for really this good. book. Yeah. It sounds so good. And like, I, I kind of like long for a day of more YA with animal friends, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I don't, I have this memory of reading them as a kid and I, I, there's no way I can name any of them anymore, but like, like, yeah, I, I want, I want misadventures with animal friends. Yes, please. Yeah. I'm here for that as well. So my next pick is one I did get my hands on early and that <sighs> is I know. It's Watch Over Me by Nina LaCour, which comes out tomorrow. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, it's on shelves. And I finished it um, in the last couple of weeks and just loved it. It's a ghost story, but it's one of those ghost stories that's the scariest because it's where the ghosts are the ones that are all our own. So book follows an older protagonist, a girl named Myla. She's 19 and she is not going to college. She is actually aged out of the foster care system. And she ends up saying yes to this opportunity to live on a remote farm in uh, the Northern California coast. And this farm is kind of a refuge and it's her job to help with daily tasks as well as to be a teacher for one of the younger kids there. But the thing is the farm is haunted by ghosts. And this is a short gut punch of a book about grief and loss and It plays a bit into what happens when you confront your own challenging past and what that does for helping you forge a future. It's just beautiful. And I have loved all of Nina Lacour's books. This was no different. And it reminded me a lot of the Laura Ruby book that I talked about earlier, but also had some peppering of Nova Rensuma in there. Like just, it hit all the, the right notes for me. And that is Watch Over Me by Nina Lacour. I feel like all of her books could have that blurb on them, though. Like, a short gut punch of a book. That's like every Nina LaCour book. And did you see the news about her adult book? Yes! Yes! Oh, my goodness. So, you know, for those listeners who aren't, like, in on the inside baseball publishing stuff, can I read the the deal memo here? Because I have it right in front of me. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Uh, So this was announced uh, just three days ago. It's her adult book. Prince Award-winning author of We Are Okay and the forthcoming Watch Over Me, uh, Nina LaCour's Yerba Buena, following two women on a star-crossed journey toward one another across the expanse of California, from a drug-soaked town in the Redwoods to an elegant Los Angeles restaurant. As one finds refuge in her family's past and the other struggles against the dark secrets she'd rather leave behind. Oh, there's another book. Wow, okay. Also an untitled multi-generational family saga inspired by the author's grandparents following their journey from New Orleans to Los Angeles and what they gained and left behind. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that there was two books there. Well, that was a nice surprise for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that adult debut hits in the winter of 2022. So it's going to be a long time, but I'm excited. Me too. What's your, uh, what's your next pick? So my next pick, let's click back over, is the Braveways Games by Amparo Ortiz. So Puerto Rican Dragons, that's it. That's that's the hook. Like, I feel like we could, no, I don't want to move on from that because that's amazing. It's, it's amazing. So it's the, the comps that are listed here. It's uh, How to Train Your Dragon meets Quidditch through the ages mm. in a alternate contemporary world in which dragons and their riders compete in an international sports tournament. Let me read the quick blip here. Uh, Lana has always preferred dragons to people. In a few weeks, 16 countries will compete in the Braithways 
World Cup, a tournament where dragons and their riders fight for glory in a dangerous relay. Lana longs to represent her native Puerto Rico in their first ever World Cup appearance, and when Puerto Rico's runner, the only player without a dragon steed, is kicked off the team, she is given the chance. But when she discovers that a former superstar has teamed up with the Sire, a legendary dragon who's cursed into human form, the safety of the cup is jeopardized. The pair burning down dragon sanctuaries around the world and refuse to stop unless the cup gets canceled. All Lana wants to do is represent her country. Now to do that, she'll have to navigate an international conspiracy that's deadlier than her beloved sport. And that's the Braithwaist Games by Amaro Ortiz. And like, I'm so excited. Like, I love a good YA dragon book. Um, I loved Talker 25 by Joshua McCune. No one else read that book except me. And <laughs> it's it's amazing. And I'm just really excited to see another like dragons in contemporary times kind of book. You know, like I, 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 I probably talk about the movie Reign of Fire way too much on Twitter, uh, <laughs> but like it's a great example of like dragons in the now and how like I just, I just love seeing it. My next pick is "Charming as a Verb" by Ben Felipe, a YA favorite. This is one of those books that was supposed to publish a couple of weeks ago, but got moved oh, yeah. back to October. Uh, because of printer issues. And so this is a reminder not to forget that it's coming out. It is wickedly funny and it is cringeworthy. It's a rom-com about a boy who is utterly desperate to get into Columbia University and does some pretty terrible and unethical things to make it happen that like make you so mad that he's doing it. And yet you're like, but I love you kid. And like, I can only be so mad. So the story involves a fake dog walking business. It involves a train trip to Montreal and falling for a girl who is ready to call Henry out on all of his shenanigans and lies. And she happens to have a mother who might have connections to somebody at Columbia that, oh, maybe he takes advantage of. And that is Charming as a Verb by Ben Felipe. And I loved the title because, yes, Henry, our main character, is indeed charming. I love that Ben Felipe just tends to, he seems to just write disaster characters. And mm-hmm. I, I love it. I can't wait to read this one. Let's see. Um, so my next one is one that you talked about recently, and that's uh, A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow by Laura Taylor Namey. Uh, and Laura just won some kind of major YA award a couple couple days ago. Oh, what was it? Oh, well, uh, look her up on Twitter. I know she's talking about it <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for her first book, Library of Lost Things. Uh, and I'm really excited to pick up another one from her. Um, so in it, we meet uh, a teenage master of cuisine, Lila Reyes, who is eager to inherit her family's Miami bakery along with her sister, Pilar. Uh, but between spring and graduation, Lila's abuela dies and her best friend abandons her and her longtime boyfriend dumps her. It's just thing upon thing upon thing. Uh, fearing... Uh, for Lila's emotional health, her parents defy her wishes and entrust her summer to family and their Winchester, England Inn. Even though she's given space to cook at the inn, she longs for Miami, the seat of her Cuban roots. Being a Miami Cuban baker in her glorified past and destined future, forging by years of trading with her loving abuela. So basically, it's a, a fish out of water story. She is uh, in England instead of where she wants to be, finds herself being charmed and maybe meets a boy and has to choose between uh, this new future or honoring the legacy of her family. And that is A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow by Lorla Taylor and Amy. 
My next pick is Furia by Shamile Saeed Mendez. And this one comes out this week too. Oh. And I've had an arc sitting on my shelf for a while, but I'm so excited to dig into it because it's a sports story and it has a romance and it is set outside the United States. So here's a little blip about it. In Rosario, Argentina, Camila Hassan lives a double life. At home, she is a careful daughter, living within her mother's narrow expectations, in her rising soccer star brother's shadow, and under the abusive rule of her short-tempered father. On the field, she is La Furia, a powerhouse of skill and talent. When her team qualifies for the South American tournament, Camilla gets the chance to see just how far those talents can take her. In her wildest dreams, she'd get an athletic scholarship to a North American university. But the path ahead isn't easy. Her parents don't know about her passion. They won't allow to, a girl to play football, and she needs their permission to go any further. And the boy she once loved is back in town. Since he left, Diego has become an international star, playing in Italy for the renowned team Juventus. Camila doesn't have the time to be distracted by her feelings for him. Things aren't the same as when he left. She has her own passions and ambitions now, and La Furia cannot be denied. As her life becomes more complicated, Camilla is forced to face her secrets and make her way in a world with no place for her dreams and ambitions of a girl like her. This sounds so good. It is Furia by Shamile Saeed Mendez. Now, is that, I feel like that's her first YA, isn't it? Because I know she's done like middle grade and picture books. Yeah, it's her first YA, but she's done a whole bunch of oh, yeah. um, younger younger titles. So she, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for a book not in the U.S. Yeah, that sounds really good. Let's see. So my next and last one here is These Violent Delights mm-hmm. by Chloe Gong. Uh, so this one's been on my radar for a while. <laughs> and not just because the author is just wildly hilarious on social media. Chloe posts these TikTok videos that like, Oh my God. Like I, I laugh so hard that I cry all the time when she posts these things about her, her writing life and does these really funny promotional videos. Um, definitely look her up on Twitter later uh, when you get the chance. So the, the year is 1926 and Shanghai hums to the tune of debauchery. A blood feud runs between two gangs, uh, leaving the streets red. Uh, and the city is in a helpless grip of chaos. At the heart of all this is 18-year-old Juliet Kai, a former flapper who has returned to assume her role as a proud heir of the Scarlet Gang, a network of criminals far above the law. Their only rivals in power are the White Flowers, who have fought the Scarlets for generations. And behind every move is their heir, Roma Montagov, Julia's first love, dot, 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 and first betrayal. But when gangsters on both sides show signs of instability accumulating and clawing their own throats out, the people start to whisper of a contagion, of a madness, of a monster in the shadows. As the deaths stack up, Juliet and Roman must set aside their guns and their grudges and work together, because if they can't stop this mayhem, there will be no city left to rule. Oh my God. And that's These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. I can't wait. I've got two rapid fire ones to wrap up uh, mm-hmm. my recommendations. The first one is Thoughts and Prayers by Brian Bliss, who is Yay! a KY favorite. And he has a new book coming out at the end of the month. And I'm so excited to get my hands on it. And here's a little blip for it. Claire, Eleanor, and Brezen have little in common, except for the fact that a year ago, they all hid under the same staircase and heard the shots that took the lives of some of their classmates and a teacher. Now each one copes with the trauma as best they can as the world around them keeps moving. 
Thoughts and Prayers is a story about gun violence, but more importantly, it is the story of what happens after the reporters leave and the news cycle moves on to the next tragedy. It's the story of three unforgettable teens who feel forgotten. That is Thoughts and Prayers by Brian Bliss. What a brilliant title. That title. Like, oh Mm. my God. He knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. No question. Um, And then my last pick is White Fox by Sarah Faring. And I cannot wait for some more YA horror. And this book sounds so deliciously perfect. It's out at the end of September. Here's a little blip. After their world-famous actor mother disappeared under mysterious circumstances, Manon and Thais left their remote Mediterranean island home, sent away by their pharmatech tycoon father. Opposites in every way, the sisters drifted apart in their grief. Yet... Their mother's unfinished story still haunts them both, and they can't put to rest the possibility that she is still alive. Lured home a decade later, Manon and Thais discover their mother's legendary last work, long thought lost, White Fox, a screenplay filled with enigmatic metaphors. The clues in this dark fairy tale draw them deep into the island's surreal society, into the twisted secrets hidden by their glittering family to reveal the truth about their mother and themselves. Sounds so good. Yes. That is White Fox by Sarah Faring. And again, out end of September. And I'll give a quick blip for uh, Rent a Boyfriend by mm-hmm. Gloria Chow. Um, I love all of Gloria's rom-coms, and this one offers up my favorite trope of fake dating. Uh, and it's set, it's set in this college landscape where a, a teen girl hires a, a teen boy from a company called Rent for Your Rents, who specializes in providing fake boyfriends trained to impress even the most traditional Asian parents. Uh, and then she starts to fall for the real version of this boy, who, unlike his fake persona, is definitely not uh, quote unquote rent worthy uh, and her curated life begins to unravel and I, I can't wait for that I love I love a fake dating company in this world of fake dating um, I can't wait I heard her talk about this at the last like in-person event I ever mm-hmm. got to go to and it sounds so good she was talking about the research she did for it and oh sounds great so um, we're actually, we're at the end of our show, but before I do the sign off, Eric, do you want to tell people um, the news? Oh yeah, this is my last episode. That's right. This is, this is a wrap for me. Uh, it turns out teaching two college courses while being a writer and uh, <laughs> working as an agent uh, is a lot. So uh, I, I'm going to be leaving. It has been a lot of fun. Over 75 episodes. It's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll still be around talking about books on the internet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I mean, we're still going to talk about hot dog girl and your Olivia <laughs> Cole books and like, you know, all is, all is well. It's just a matter of, you know, time, like, man, the show takes time and energy and you didn't even mention being a parent. Like you forgot mm. that part. <laughs> oh yes. I also <laughs> so have an adorable hard. baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this is like the perfect way to sign off like I this know. chapter of the podcast though, like that we got to to do it live, that we're looking at each other, that we're talking about favorite books and perfect. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and hit the wrap and yes. thank y'all for tuning in this week. You can leave feedback about the show on Apple podcasts that lets us know how we are doing and it helps other people find us. Thank you again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. And thanks to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. 
You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Instagram as Hey Kelly Jensen. And you could follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks, which if you are not doing that already, you should. And <laughs> actually, we're going to talk to you again in two weeks as a full episode, but uh, I'll be on vacation. Eric won't be part of the podcast anymore. So it's going to be two surprise hosts, which will be really fun <laughs> for all of us to kind of hear what they talk about. I always love listening when somebody is subbing in and like, okay, what are they going to talk about that? Like, I have no idea about what am I going to learn? So that's all to say we will, you will hear from us again in two weeks. Until then, happy reading. Bye.